mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage of Martinis. I am Adam and here's Danielle. Hi. Please. Oh, you'd like me to start? I'd like you to start. I was going to start by saying last night, we had a really fun night last night. We yes. really did. We, t- we talk about it more later. You'll hear in some of the ads, which... Which I wanted to throw in there. Oh, go ahead. There's a bunch of ads in this episode. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up and we have some really, really cool companies that we're working with. I love our sponsors. I I mean, we had so much fun using the products that either we got or delivered or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Such, such cool companies. If you're looking for anything for this Valentine's Day, you will find it in this episode. So listen to the ads, honestly. Yeah. And when you support our sponsors, you support us. Yes. And it's a great way to support us and we really appreciate it. But as we were recording the episode last night, I remember looking over at you at one point when you were talking and I thought to myself, how cool is it that we get to sit together and have a conversation with a couple like Bride and Jeremy, uh, who are our guests on today's episode, and just like talk to them and learn about their lifestyle and commiserate and and just enjoy being together. They're all the way in Canada, so like thankfully we have Zoom to bring us together. But I just was feeling really lucky that we get to do this and that I get to do this with you. Um, I don't know, just sitting there, it just kind of was like a really cool conversation. Yeah, it was really cool. Number one. Number two, we learned a lot. And number three, I think also, you know, we try to break out of the norm in our own way and try to do things that are maybe a little different, try new and different things that, you know, are not normal. Trying. It's hard in a pandemic, but we're <laughs> and, trying. But we've tried some during the pandemic. Yeah, we have. <laughs> so, that, that is true. So, you know, it, we're always eager to learn what else is there? What else could we think about? You know, and, you know, having a conversation like we did with them, maybe not to this extent, but, you know, at least we can learn about things that are out there that we would never have known otherwise. Yeah. And and aside from sexually, also their communication style and how they are so in tune with one another and their needs. Um, I learned a lot from them about that, too. So there was a lot about them being a poly couple that I learned about, but it's also just the kind of individuals that they are and the kind of humans that they are um, and how they interact with each other that I think I took a lot away from that also. So I think everyone is really going to enjoy this episode. Um, I loved this conversation. I love this couple. Um, They are, they just, they know that they are on this path and they are very true to themselves and trying to be true to each other. And it's really inspiring. And their podcast, the Turn Me On podcast, is a no-holds-barred conversation about what it is to be a sexual being in the world. Hosted by Jeremy and Bride, a married 
poly, adventurous couple who love to talk to people about sex. The conversation is geared toward getting real about pleasures of the flesh with intelligence, humor, and maybe a little pillow talk. You're really going to love this. Go check out their podcast, Turn Me On, and enjoy. Hi, Bridie. How, <laughs> hi, Jeremy. How are you guys? You go first, Bride. I am underslept, but working on the uh, caffeination um, part, uh, coming back up for my evening. My bedtime's usually like eight, and I stayed up extra late last night till nine p.m. And then <laughs> she I sounds like me. Get, I woke up at at midnight and couldn't get back to sleep till three. I'm all scrambled. I'm all scrambled. But now, were you doing anything fun for that extra hour? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Jeremy's mom, uh, just turned 60. So we were having a 60th birthday birthday dinner over at, uh, Jeremy's sister's place, which was really, really nice. Totally worth staying up late for 60 and she, yeah. And she retired this week as well, which was, it was a big, it was a big, big week. Wow. Well, bride did say mom. So we should let everybody know they are from Canada. Right. I didn't even know you say mom in Canada. I mom. say mom, but I thought it was Brit- my mom used to, my mom. I grew up in Prince Edward Island, Canada, but my mom lived in England the whole, like pretty much my whole upbringing. So I just thought it was like very British, but I guess Canadians yeah. are pretty British. Jeremy, are, do you call her yeah, mom also? Uh, I call her mom. Okay. Yeah. Or, or by her first name, Maxine. I, I, I sometimes, okay. you know, uh, I don't know if that's like disrespectful in the, in the U S but it, it's, I think that's kind of common. No, but, our niece and nephew call their parents, uh, Mitch and Joanna. That's yeah, but that, it's not the norm. No, I, it is I, not I the norm. I find it kind of bizarre when we're together and they call them by their names. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's, it don't, would probably it would probably be something different if you, if they if you called them if you called them Mitchell. You know. It's right. Like, it, right. Like everyone says Mitch, but our son calls me right. Mitchell. Right. Or like his middle name also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mitchell Alexander. Um, uh, Brad, you you look good though for for having being for being underslept. You do. It's a webcam and a strategically placed light uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're looking very glowing glowing okay glowing. try this i could try like from underneath <laughs> nope much, still good much better <laughs> i'm jealous of jeremy i'm jealous of your lights because we used to have what danielle called my stripper lights yeah. where we had like the 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 tape light what is it called the uh, led the led the way it's like a roll that you just unwind and i used to yeah. change the colors and have fun with it and yeah danielle would I, always it, get mad at me for that i mean this, I, I i i this isn't an ad I've, i wasn't paid to say this but uh i gotta say hue hue uh like smart lighting yeah is uh is pretty spectacular for having like a, a romantic time and also like if you want to if you want to kind of spice up like watching a movie or something and you know get really into the mood um, you know, watching a horror movie and just turn all the reds deep or all the lights deep red. It's you're you're in for a treat. I like this. It, yeah, it and a funny. little bit of eye damage, but it's <laughs> fine. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. Well, we yeah. had done. We had a decorator come and do our whole like like this bar room. It was really awesome and beautiful, and we like spent all this money for this bar room. And I walk in the next day, and it's like rainbow. And I was like, why the fuck did we have no, it wasn't a rainbow? It come? was like purples. Well, and it was changing. The yeah, it was like yeah. it was like being in a strip club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And I was yeah. sort of like, mm, all right. <laughs> That's not what you wanted in your special room, a little I mean, red light district. You know, it was it there's a time and a place. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so I loved I've loved learning about you both. Um actually how we learned about you is that uh, I said at the end of uh, 2020, I put out in our Instagram stories, uh, who do you want us to have on in 2021? 
And a few people said Bride and Jeremy from the Turn Me On podcast. Oh, so cool. I immediately, you know, searched for you guys and listened to the podcast. And I was excited because, first of all, I think we're different ages. You guys are early 30s. I'll uh, be 37 next month. Oh, you'll be 37. Okay. So we're 43. Um, and, you know, just I like you guys. It's a different lifestyle and a different, uh, which I love. And um, just, I, I don't know. I loved listening to your podcast and hearing you guys just have such cool things to say. I don't know know how else to describe it, um, but I loved it. So I was super excited to have you on. Um, Adam and I, our audience knows, you know, we've, we got married at 24, um, been monogamous ever since, just kind of the standard of that's what I was told we were supposed to do. And that's what I did. And I had my life all lined up at the age of 22 before I even, you know, before I was even married. So it's refreshing to hear um, a couple who has truly um, followed your, you know, your true path for you. And mm. I find that to be really inspiring. So, yeah, Bri Bridie's, uh, thank you for that. And and I got to say, Bridie has always used the the phrase, um, uh, and Bridie, I, I, every time I speak for you, I, you always correct me. So feel free, just, just chime in here at any point uh, if I say something that didn't come out of your mouth. But I think the word that you've often used to describe our relationship is, is like, um, you know, we've, we, together, we've pioneered our own relationship and our own relationship standards and our own boundaries. And they, and, you know, I'll, I'll come right out and say it like they don't fit any kind of mold. Um, it is, it, we have a, we, we have a very like unique, um, bond and it's, it, I think it, it I think for some people it's like, uh, can I swear on this podcast? I didn't, I didn't even no, uh, no, 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 no. We have a very young audience. <laughs> they can't. Twelve. <laughs> but I think I think for some people, you know, it leaves them scratching their fucking heads, and they're like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And that's and and you know, I, I've kind of I've kind of come to terms with with that reaction of people just not understanding it. Um, but I get it, you know, and it it yeah. works. It works for us and. Well, and, we, uh, yeah, we, sorry to cut you off. I, sorry. No. I just, yeah, just from where we come from, you know, we're from New Jersey. We come from a, a very traditional upbringing, a very traditional way of life. You know, we got married very young. Danielle stopped mm. working when we had kids. You know, I was the sole provider for the family and we're, you know, a monogamous relationship so far for over 20 years. Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, the cogs in the wheel, making things go in the way things are supposed to be. Mm. And, but Danielle and I both have this way of, we want it, we, we kind of want to be against the norm, but you know, maybe to a certain extent, like what, with, we're so fascinated with what your situation is. We have not gotten to that kind of level, but we're trying to, you know, run against the grain a little bit, do our own Get thing. Get out of our be, comfort yeah, zone. Be, yeah. So that's why we want to hear your story and hear what this yeah. is all about. Well, but, but before we move on, can you just tell us a little bit about your background, your love story, how you met, and and what what went from there? Jeremy, you go. Jeremy and I met in two thousand and seven. 
Um, we were both from the East coast of Canada, but we both ended up in Toronto, Ontario, middle of Canada. Um, back in 2007, starting our very first year at Ryerson University's theater school. So we met in the acting program at a, um, at a uh, theater school and we spent three years in the same program. Um, for the first year, we were just kind of friends in other relationships and um, but our class was small, was 20, 20 people in our class. We were very close. We spent a lot of time together. And I think things just sort of naturally developed. Um, I was really drawn to Jeremy because he had, he had these like particular skills that I really felt like I, skills is the wrong word, but these particular qualities that I felt were lacking in my relationship at the time. And like, just things that I, I, you know, you can't be everything, things that I wanted in a partner to, to like share my life with. And some of those things were a- juggling. I was really good at juggling. Uh, <laughs> what else? What else, Brad? I, I could, um, uh, you can spit farther than anyone. I, yeah. Yeah. I got, yeah. I got lots of range. Yeah. Um, no, he's just really funny and keeps things always sort of in the world of humor and, um, and the one thing that comes to mind too is like a, 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 an ability to celebrate achievements and accomplishments and be proud of them. And that was something that like had been discouraged a lot to me. And so when we met in this acting program, that's about performance and vulnerability and putting yourself out there, I was really, I think, attracted to how, um, how Jeremy did that and, and his, his joy for life and also in learning about his his illness in the first year of, of school together, and and again how he embraced life in the face of having um, this chronic um, illness, cystic fibrosis, and I don't know, I was just I just something there was something sparked there, and then and then we courted um, for a couple of years uh, in the after after hours of our lengthy school days and um, spent a lot of our, all of our spare time together, I think. And then um, right before Jeremy um, took off for a year trip, uh, whitewater kayaking and yoga teacher training, and just like going out there and accomplishing a bunch of awesome adventurous sh shit. Um, he did that in, in place of our fourth year of university. I stayed and I went to school for the fourth year um, because Jeremy had a scheduling thing where his acting gigs were lining up in such a way that he, he wasn't going to be able to go to school that year anyway. So we spent right before we sent that year apart, he proposed. And, uh, and I think, you know, I was 27 when we got married. Um, yeah, I was 23 and you were 23. And yeah. so, and we got engaged the year before that. So you were 22 and I was 26. And I think it was a similar feeling of like, yep this is what you do. Like you get married. Mm. And, um, and also I was totally in love with, with Jeremy and wanted to do that. And, um, and then a year of a year later to his, from his proposal, we got married and moved back to the East coast and lived happily ever after, <laughs> as, as you know, <laughs> marriage can be. Yeah. Fast forward to now, uh, <laughs> living in different homes, uh, but still, still deeply in love. Um, uh, one thing I will say uh, that I will say though to add to to that story, Brad, which you I think you you kind of nailed every chapter perfectly. 
um, is that I also live with cystic fibrosis, which is a, um, which is a, uh, fatal genetic lung disease. And, um, the majority of my, of my young adult life, I had been living with this notion that I, I wasn't going to live very, very much past, uh, the age of 30. And so <clears throat> when I, you know, when I was 21 and started having, um, started having feelings for Bridie, <clears throat> it, it didn't really take long for me to go, okay, well, like no time to sit around and fucking squander this. Um, you know, I don't want to die without knowing what it's like to be married to someone. And so let's make this happen. You know, like I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be here long. Um, and I think that that kind of played a, a big part in in making that decision to, to you know to ask uh, to ask you that right before I left for for, for a year um, uh, but yeah which which you know living with living with that illness has has um, it has shaped many of the decisions that I've made in my life in terms of like in terms of like big, sort of fork in the road type decisions. Um, and I think has made me quite, quite impulsive and, uh, rather spontaneous. Um, so anyway, yeah, that, that, I think that's, uh, that was the one piece that I would add there. What about all the things that you were in love with me before? Oh, what for? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I guess, it, it, uh, um, I didn't know I was supposed to add my part to that, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think I, I, anyone who's listening, I think they would, they, they know because they just fell in love with you. Um, uh, you, I think the thing, the thing that stuck out the most when we were at theater school was that, uh, you were four years, you are four years older than me. And, um, and you also are from, uh, the same geographically, we're from a very similar place. And I, at that period in time living in Toronto, you know, Toronto is like a very big city in, for, for Canada standards. Um, I think, I think in general, like it's, it's a pretty big city. And both of us were coming from very small places in, in the world. And um, there was a comfort that I found in, in you in sharing this, this, um, this similarity between the two of us of coming from somewhere so familiar and, you know, there, you were home, you were like a slice of home in this, in this big city. Um, and then on top of that, you were also, there was, there was like, you were very, uh, you were quite the opposite for me. You were very, you're very mysterious. You were very quiet. You were very, and, but you were also like wicked smart, you know? And so like, there was these, there was these things that there was just a lot of intrigue in to how your, how your brain worked. And, and, um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've learned quite a lot from, from you, uh, back then and, and even still today. And I think that's one thing that, that played a big role in it, you know? So you, <clears throat> here, here's the through line. You were helping me through a really rough time when I got to Toronto. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember this, but I was having a, I was having a hard time being in this new city and the way that you helped me through it. That's one thing that's been consistent throughout this entire relationship is that you know when i'm when i'm having a hard time you are really good at helping me through that and even even when it comes to like 
when I'm having a hard time with, with my other relationship, you know, it's like, you care, you care, you care about humans, you care about people. And so there's this like piece of you that's like, well, you know, if you're hurting and this other person's hurting, I want to, I want to help. I want to be there to make sure that you're both supported and both happy. And, uh, yeah. Does that, Aww. does that, uh, yeah. answer your question there, Brad? Uh, <laughs> oh that'll do. God. That'll do for today. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Wow. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> well, there was, I, a, there was, when a, is it my turn? <laughs> there was a few things in there. I think that we have a lot of questions about. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, Before you do that. We need to take a break. Oh, we need to take a break. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll be right back because wow. we have so many questions. And fuck you, number one, for sounding so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> because every guy out there is like, motherfucker, yeah, turn it off. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. I haven't ordered flowers in so long because I am the type of person who gets nervous if I order for some th- someone else that when it gets there, it's actually not going to look like it looked in the picture. And that's happened to me before. I sent your mom flowers a few years back and I went to her house later in the day and I saw the bouquet that I had sent her and I was mortified because I was expecting it to be this big, beautiful bouquet. And I got there and they were like half dead flowers and I was pissed. I do remember that too. And I remember the other day you got really excited because you sent me a picture of these flowers that you saw and I said, well, they're beautiful. Let's see what happens when they actually get to our house. Right. Ode a la Rose is a flower company like I've never used before. They sent me a picture of my actual bouquet right before it was shipped so that I could be sure that what I was getting or what maybe I was sending to somebody else is actually what I ordered. Ode a la Rose creates unique and elegant bouquets inspired by their founders' Parisian roots. With their in-house team of talented floral designers, the company works exclusively with eco-friendly farms in Ecuador, Colombia, and the Netherlands that harvest the highest quality flowers. Ode a la Rose is all about providing an exceptional customer experience, and that's exactly what it was. I will never use another flower company again. They were amazing, and I promise you that they really were as beautiful and as fresh. I posted about them a bunch on Instagram, and it's nine days later. They still look great. They send updates at every step, and each bouquet is in an exclusive and chic packaging. The box that it arrives in is so cute, and my favorite part is I didn't have to put pants on and go to the door. They just deliver the box. There's no delivery person, so you have to worry about getting up and tipping someone, even if you weren't expecting a delivery, because when you get delivered flowers, you're not usually expecting it, and then you feel terrible if you don't have any cash to tip. That doesn't happen with Ode a la Rose. They have same-day delivery in New York City, Chicago, and Philadelphia, and next-day delivery everywhere else in the U.S. Head to odealarose.com, that's O-D-E-A-L-A-R-O-S-E.com, and put in promo code MNM for 10% off your Valentine's Day or Just Because order today. odealarose.com, MNM for 10% off. A few weeks ago, we did our episode about feeling really disconnected, and we have, and I get so many messages from people saying it's the same with my spouse and me, that we are feeling really uh, disconnected right now also. And last night, we did something different, something that we've never done before. We did a date box by Happily, where they send you a box every month 
that has all the components you need for a date night. So you literally have to do no planning. You don't have to worry about getting a babysitter or anything because you're right at home. And it's perfect, especially for the pandemic. We had a great night. We did. And it's funny that we're disconnected and we're home with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. We don't go anywhere. We don't do anything, but we're still disconnected. It kind of gets, you know, monotonous. We have nothing to do. Right. So we just fall into this routine. But this date night box was really so much fun because we played a game. Yep. We made a s'mores dip. We did. I made a candle. You did. And it smelled great. I mean, in one night. And this just all came in this one little box that was just set up for our date. We had a really good time. And then uh, afterwards, you might have gotten a little something. something. Oh, I think you got a little something. I got a little something, something too. It was a really fun night. I can't recommend it enough. Happily does a great job of just giving you all the components so that you don't have to worry about it. And you have a stress-free, nice night together. Head over to thehappily.co. T-H-E-H-A-P-P-I-L-Y dot C-O. Use our promo code M-N-M for 50% off your first box. That's thehappily.co. Use promo code M-N-M for 50% off your first box. I wanted to ask, you, you t- your love story was is awesome. Love it. I want to know from the beginning, was your plan to just sort of live this monotonous, uh, monot- monotonous, monogamous, monotonous <laughs> lifestyle or we'll talk about Freudian slip, but it's true. <laughs> or was it to be, I mean, you guys are so dynamic and you have such a range of, um, you know, this relationship that you're now poly. Was that the plan from the beginning or is that something that happened along the way? Well, first I think explain that. Poly? Yeah, if anybody, you know, oh, anyone all right. who's if you listening, give a quick, if yeah. they don't understand, sure. because I don't. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah <laughs> sure. Do? So uh, polyamory is the uh, is a type of um, uh, relationship in where the uh, folks who identify as polyamorous are um, open to and and um, consensual to the possibility of being in love and having relationships with more than one person. So, um, uh, you know, Brady and I are married and, um, have been for almost 10 years coming up on 10 years this year. And, uh, but we also have other partners. I have another, uh, lifelong partner, um, Bridey also is, is seeing, uh, someone who's, you know, I, I think it's probably safe to say you two will, will be together for the rest of your lives, unless something crazy happens. But, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever that means. Yeah, honestly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I guess to answer your, your first question, um, it definitely not, there was no, it, this was so off. I mean, I'm, I'll speak for myself. This was so off my radar even the notion of polyamory, like that wasn't even, I don't even think I knew the term when we first started dating, when we were married, like it was so outside of the realm of possibility for, for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, does that explain polyamory for you, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I, I just didn't know what your situation, we've had polyamory experts 
on before, so I kind of get the gist of what it's about. Right. I just kind of wanted to know your situation. Yeah, everyone is so unique. Yeah. Totally, and that's like the biggest thing is like it's an umbrella term, and mm-hmm. there are many configurations of it underneath. Um, but you're only married to each other, is that correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think legally you can. No. no. No, so that would be that would and be you know polygamy. Canada, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> that, that would be that would be uh, considered polygamy, which is uh, which is illegal. Not to be yes. confused. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that confused. brought up a question that I had, which what well, why get married? Why you know? So when it comes down to everything, it's you two, and then you have these you know separate lives going on. What's the point of the marriage for the two of you? Yeah, great question. Um, I think. Like we did it without knowing what it was about. We got married when um, we were young and before, you know, you know, but you know, you know, that year where they handed out all the manuals on what marriage is and what conversations you should have, you know, Mm -hmm. like that manual. Um, This was before then when we just were like, well, you get married. So yeah, we've been there. We figure it out. And, um, and so we, we get it. We, you know, we went through that whole thing. This is, you get married. This is how you get married. This is how your wedding's supposed to be. Yeah. This is what it is. And we, you just kind of go through those trends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, again, like, uh, uh, I, Living with living with CF was, I think, played a big role in that as well. It was like, it was again, that, that idea of like, time is wasting. You don't have much of it. Act now don't think about it just do it just do what feet just just follow your gut do what feels right in the moment um now if you i mean i i'm I, to this day you know 10 years later i'm still so glad that we are um but if if i went back in time with the 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 like the knowledge that i have now would would we would i get married again like would i redo it exactly that way probably not to be honest with you, it'd save you a big, fu- it would save, it would have saved us a huge fucking headache, you know, financially. Mm-hmm. I mean, but really financially, like that's the big, that's the big uh-huh. part of it, which I guess is like a really big part of marriage, right? Is like le- legally and, and financially, like that's the, I guess those are the reasons why we get married on top of the, on top of the, like, um, the, the uh what's the word i'm looking for here bride like the the i'm not sure not pageantry but but the this the sort of um you know union the agreement that you are making with you know in front of a group of people to to establish this idea of love and like everlasting love and and commitment and and um and support well, yeah, outside, marriage, marriage but, but is I mean, an agreement. Can, yeah, marriage is an agreement and a tax break. I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's right, exactly. So, exactly. like that, like that, that part, that that really nice, wholesome part in front of the family and friends, like that can exist without marriage. Sure, <laughs> like that doesn't that doesn't have to that doesn't have to uh, that that's just a, that's just a beautiful added additive to to the entire agreement. You know, um, yeah, anyway. yeah. I kind of think of it as like that time you know that we got matching tattoos you know we don't actually have matching tattoos but it's like this seems like a great idea and then you do it and then afterwards you go oh well you know wish i had known that you know this doesn't spell eternal love in chinese letters (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but but I think I agree, with, I agree with Jeremy. I don't know. <laughs> Looking back, like if I knew then what I know now, um, I I think there there a lot of growing up and a lot of getting older is just realizing like, oh, these boxes don't, I don't fit in these, these boxes. And mm. um, as much as possible, being able to redesign those, those like aspects of your life. And for us, it, it, it's our, our union. And um, yeah. so I would say, you know, we, we just started discussing an open relationship before we got married, but what ended like what ended up happening was baby steps we you know we went to a club in toronto that's you know sort of like a i don't want to say a swingers club but it's like a public sex club adult it was club. a sex club yeah it was it was a sex, a sex club, club. Yeah. and kind of t- dipped our toes in that and then you know and then so we, we would dip our toes in just by usually doing something like that or just having a conversation like what would it be like if we if we saw other people and we talk about our jealousy feelings and eventually one of us would go, yeah, I don't like, I'm at my capacity for discussing this possibility anymore. Um, and the language we've always used to describe it is we shelved it, we shelve it and it would come off the shelf every now and then. And we dust it off and we talk about it. And that went on for probably five years from the initial conversation till we were, you know, actually six years because we were five years married when we decided that we would actually give it a go and start getting physical with other people. Mm-hmm. And at separately, the time we it was like, always going to be separately. It was never going to be together. Oh, it, sometimes it was together. Okay. It, it, it's, I mean, it, it kind of started that way as yeah. together. And then, okay. and then, you know, five years later, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, it, the, the evolution of the discussion ended up with separate uh and together you know like both of those things um were were on the table and yeah it took us a bit yeah it took us like five years to to even just even just begin dipping our toes in well on our last episode it was about kinks and fetishes Mm -hmm. and it came up where i said to danielle you know one thing that when i was doing my research that kind of interested me was let's have sex in a public place you know, where other people, like you were just talking about, a sex club or something like that, where everybody is having sex with each other, but it was just in our scenario, me and Danielle, like not with other people mm-hmm. yeah. getting involved. And it was, you know, she said to me, well, you have to make me feel comfortable about myself to be naked and having sex in front of other people. Is that kind of where it started for you too? Because it sounds very similar, but to offset that, the ramifications of the next day for us would just be too much for our relationship where if something happened where she went with another guy or another girl and I went with I or if I went with another girl, the next day would just be, we can't handle this. This is too much for us. Mm. Is that where you guys were in the beginning too? That's a really good question. Thanks. Yeah. I, 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 think that's kind of where we were. I mean, you know, if I recall correctly, the first time that we went to um, this club, um, we had a discussion beforehand where we both came to the agreement that like, okay, we're going to go in here. We don't know. I mean, we don't know what to expect aside from 
like a couple of stories we heard through friends of friends of like what the place looks like and like what the rules are. And then, and then the information that we could glean off of the website. So, you know, we didn't, it was like, we were, we were kind of walking into um, a very, you know, talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Like we were like, fuck, we have no idea what the hell we're about to walk into. Like, um, so were you walking so, in thinking you were going to have sex or were you walking in thinking you would be voyeurs? We, we walked in with the notion that we would have sex with each other. Nobody else. That's um, what I was, but it, yeah. like just the two of us. And that's exactly what we did. It was, it, it was like a situation where we found ourselves, you know, we basically took like a, a, a 40 minute tour around the place, just kind of like ogling at, all yeah. the all the tits and cocks and buttholes and and then <laughs> and, and you know all the places where people were fucking and all these like all these you know biz- it was all so bizarre and so novel and so it was so wild to see and then and then we kind of settled into it and we're like okay well like let's 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 try and you know we ended up having sex and a bunch of people watched and then we it, it didn't I don't think it lasted that long we finished and then we were like oh, I, oh okay well I guess we go home now. <laughs> and, then, you know, that, and then we just left. We just went home. Right. Did they give you like a goodie bag or anything? No, a medal. A medal. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Or a t-shirt. I survived my first yeah. public sex. Yeah. But Adam, to address what you're talking about, like the aftermath or the moments that, that you might have to like sort of deal with afterwards, the second time mm. we went to this club, we we were like, okay, well now let's include other people. And it was kind of very loose like that. And yeah. we went and we, we met another couple. So like the downstairs, like a dance floor in a club. And then upstairs is where you go and like remove your clothes and have sex everywhere. But downstairs, it's just a regular club. And it's where you can kind of like meet people and talk about your like boundaries and talk about what you're comfortable with and what your intentions are. And, um, you know, before you go get naked. And so this very attractive couple sat down with us. We started chatting. They were into it. But one thing that occurred to me, at least while we were sitting and chatting, I was like, they have it fucking dialed in. Like they know, they know Mm. that like no one's penetrating her. She's allowed to kiss other people. They're They're allowed to touch other people, but like no penetration. And they just kind of laid it all out for us at their table. And then they went up to get like, get a drink and like invite us to the dance floor. And I was like, Jeremy, this is making me feel really uncomfortable. Mm. And we left. Yeah. Ghosted them. <laughs> and we actually sat on the curb outside a couple blocks away and talked about it. And, um, that was like, that was a really important part of our process to, to be able to like recognize when something wasn't working and to be able to go, okay, we're like, we're out and we're, we're in this together and we're out of this together. And we learned from that, that like, yeah, we had a lot more, we had a lot more thinking to do about like what we were really comfortable with and that, and we didn't go back and not that we wouldn't have, but eventually we we moved out of Toronto shortly after and that club wasn't available to us. So, so that was kind of the end of the beginning of our foray into like including other people. And then it wasn't again till five years later that, that we were at, like we had other people in our bedroom. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, 
was the thought going to be that you were only going to be together with other people or was it going to be well, let's just try all different things no I think at that point it was like together with other people yeah um and it was like that through all of our conversations until <laughs> until the summer that we actually started being physical with other people and it actually we started separately because we were living in different provinces. So we were living about three hour drive away. I was working there. He was working here. And um, it seemed like actually we were both in a really good, we were in a really good space together. And we were in a space where we felt like we could actually try this and actually not being in the same province might make it a little bit easier. Like we'll communicate when we, when we first started, like day one, the rules were like just flirting, you know? And then the next day it was like, okay, flirting was like kind of fun. So like, what if we like flirt and we can kind of like kiss or make out? And it was like, okay, but no more than one makeout session with the same person. Cause like, yeah, you don't right. want to develop feelings. Yeah. And then <laughs> literally I would yeah. say our agreement evolved over like pretty quickly over that summer. Um, until we were, you know, we were going on dates with other people separately and, sleeping with other people separately mm -hmm. and uh and then jeremy met somebody that he had really strong feelings for a couple like it, it was starting to happen more regularly that we were each kind of catching feelings for other, other people um and navigating that like jeremy put the kibosh on someone i was dating because he wasn't comfortable with where it was going and you know i there were a lot of difficult conversations and um, challenging moments for sure. But one of our, you know, one of our primary goals in um, doing this was like, we need to read about this. Like we read, read books. We need to be able to communicate. She sounds just like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, yeah. The research part reading. of it, I feel yeah. like is the most important part. Yeah. yeah. But what it comes down to bride, but how did, or for both of you, how do you feel initially, you know, Brad, if you have a boyfriend or, you know, girlfriend, whatever it is, you know, and, Jer you know, Jeremy, other, you know, same, same question for you. How do you feel, feel about each other dating somebody else, maybe for the first time or the second time? It's really scary. You know, it's a, it's a scary thing. And, the, and I mean, jealousy and has to be a huge factor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a factor that even still to this day is something that's, that comes up, it, but it, but it's different. It, it, it comes up in different ways in different and it, it, you know, with a different quality, but early days. Yeah. It was really tough. It was really hard. There was a lot of, a lot of fear, a lot of insecurity, a lot mm -hmm. of, um, <clears throat> but on top of that also a lot of reassurance and a lot of patience and a lot of love. Um, and you know, sometimes things would be sometimes, uh, we would feel like things are moving too fast. So it's like, okay, we got to pump the brakes or, or else, you know, we like, we have to do something because right now, right now there's an element to this that isn't working. So what do we, what do we need to do so that we both feel like we're on level playing field here and feeling safe? Um, and yeah, like it, you know, it, it for anyone who's, for, for anyone I'm sure there are some people out there who just like, and and I think they're probably ano anomalies, like people who just like don't, eh, I don't really get jealous. I've never, never really been jealous. Mm -hmm. um, but I think those people are rare. And I, th I think that for most people, um, 
jealousy is it's like any other emotion it's a very it's a very normal state of being it's just yeah, like but, anger it's just like happiness it's sure just like but how sadness. how has it evolved for you guys like in the beginning i assume the jealousy was off the charts mm. I'm just assuming i'm not saying that's the way it was but then compared to now do you see a difference yeah 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 each new thing presents more presents jealousy every time something is a first or a new um and i would say in the beginning it it the the feeling when it arose was like a fiery hot sensation all encompassing emotional um and and then you know when jeremy got into his the kind of the first long-term relationship within our relationship mm. um that was really scary like the first time he told someone he loved them um the first time I saw him and that partner together with his family at gatherings. Um, there would just be these moments that would like kind of catch me. But for me, the work was going, okay, why do I feel possessive here? I don't own this person. I don't want to be owned by a person. I know what our bond is. I know that him having love for someone else doesn't take away the love that they have for me because I love multiple people and the more people I love, it doesn't mean, you know, I have less love to go around. So I, I would approach it from a really like logical standpoint of like, I want to undo the parts of this like relationship structure that aren't like that haven't, that don't work for me. So I need to examine the underlying core beliefs I have about relationships and, uh, and I have to do, I'm just going to have to do that. So when those negative or I'm not to judge it as negative, but when jealousy comes up, I, I found a lot of relief through going, I don't want to be possessive. I don't want to <clears throat> hold someone that I love like this. Like you can't go out there and, and like, explore and have feelings or anything that's that I don't get to share because that's threatening to me um in our you know meditation mindfulness practice our teacher would say like you hold your love with an open palm so like it can come and it can go and there's freedom and there's trust that like I don't have to possess you to receive and and like give you love and appreciate you and Mm. Yeah. I, and I think to add to that, there's also, there's also, uh, there's also like a, and, and I, I'm probably not going to be able to word this correctly. Cause I haven't, I haven't thought about it enough, but it's something that's been coming up a little bit for me recently. There, there's like a familiarity to the, to, to the jealousy that I manage with Bridie. Right. So if I have, if I have feelings of jealousy that come up that that surround Bridey or our relationship, I'm really familiar with that jealousy. And I'm familiar with how it can be handled. And I'm familiar with how Bridey and I have handled challenging situations in the past or or similar situations in the past. So like this familiarity, I think helps helps with um with like how how I personally manage 
feelings of jealousy that arise. But, but, and the reason I'm saying that is because I'm, I'm looking at this and sort of comparing it to, to jealousy that I'm feeling in this, the, my, my other partnership. So my, my partner, Leah, which is, which is, you know, comparatively to Bridie and I is a much newer relationship. It's, it, it feels like it, it, I'm, I, I'm reset all over, you know, I need to learn how to manage my jealousy or my insecurity with Leah because it's, it's, it's not so familiar and, and we haven't had, you know, we haven't had 10 years together where I, I kind of understand, you know, how we both navigate these waters. And so um, it's like you, 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 you sort of, you sort of, at least for myself, I'm, I'm noticing that like, I need to, I need to build up the awareness that I have to, to the, to the, the jealousy that is, that is created from all the different types of relationships that I have. And, and I don't think that, I don't think that's like, that is um, exclusive to like romantic partnerships. You know, it's like we, we, we do the same thing in our, in our, you know, sure. professional relationships in, in our or friendships. friendships. Like, how many, how many relationships have problems where one person is, is obsessed with their friends and they're out yeah. with them every week or sure. Uh, yeah. I think that's really, you know, you know, whatever the night is that they say is for guys or, you know, mm -hmm. where guys go out with their friends. I don't, I don't know which night it is, but I, I know that that's yeah. a, a big thing that, you know, Friday. Okay. Friday, Friday is for the guy. I don't know that it's for, <laughs> for the, the boys. Luckily yeah. he doesn't have any friends. So it's <laughs> no, 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 no. I have like three friends. He has three so I'm friends. Fine. Right. Good. He's good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. You don't need more than that. Really? But totally. Absolutely. Listen, I don't want more than that. Right. Forget that. <laughs> right. Mm. All right, let's take one more quick break, okay. and, sure, yeah, uh, yeah. and we'll be right back. Right. I have to pee so bad. Okay. All right. <laughs> Some of the favorite messages that I get are from younger couples who tell me that they've listened to the podcast and learned from our mistakes and how they're now doing things differently as a young married couple. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> right, we exactly. Screw, we screw up. We're so benefit. glad we screwed up so you could do better. No, that's the whole point. I know. Literally the whole point. They make me, these messages make me so happy. And I recently had a woman who messaged me and said, I have been begging my husband to buy me a ring for the past two years that I have been making him feel like he should be saving up and buying me a ring. And after I heard the Modern Gents ad and I saw your pictures of it on Instagram, I decided that we were going to use the money to save to travel instead. And they got a Modern Gents ring. Brilliant. Honestly, it was one of the shining moments of my life mm -hmm. because I, I made that mistake. And I know how much better for us, not for everybody, some people, you know, it, it's not the right decision. It was to use that money for traveling once we sold my ring. And Modern Gents is so gorgeous that it literally looks just like a $10,000 diamond. They're gorgeous. Modern Gents' goal is to make it so couples spend their money on travel and experiences and less on a rock on your finger. That's why they created conflict-free, handcrafted, affordable wedding and engagement rings. Also, during pregnancy, your fingers can swell and you can't fit your regular engagement ring. No problem. Order your size for Modern Gents and wear it until your regular ring fits again. Their rings are made of high-quality materials ranging from 925 sterling silver to tungsten carbide. 
You don't have to worry about your ring rusting or your finger turning green like some cheap costume jewelry. Their rings are made from conflict-free materials. That's my favorite part. High-quality diamond stimulants. Diamond stimulants are man-made stones that look just like perfect diamonds and shine like crazy. Head over to modgents.com. That's M-O-D-G-E-N-T-S dot com. Use our promo code Martinis18. You'll get 18% off any purchase of $25 or more. That's modgents.com, promo code Martinis18. This episode of Marriage or Martinis is sponsored by Best Fiends. My eight-year-old son and I are in constant competition while playing Best Fiends. He's always checking what level I'm on or how many of those cute little characters that you collect along the way. That's one thing that's so great about this game. While there are challenging puzzles, it's a casual game that anyone can play, no matter your age. And Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so the game never gets old. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. This Valentine's Day is definitely going to be like one we haven't experienced before. There's no going out to dinner in most places, depending on where you live, and you know, celebrating like that, or gatherings, getting together with people that you love, and having a nice big family meal. It's just different, but it's still so important to let the people in our lives know how much we love and miss them, and there are so many great ways to do that. One of the best that I know about is Love Book. Everyone has a unique love story. The Love Book book building system lets you tell that story by listing all those special reasons why you love a person. Choose a cover and edit the title. Make your characters look like you. Choose pages and personalize them. Love Book is fantastic for your significant other, but it's also good for all occasions, anniversaries, birthdays, just because, and thank you. And it's also great for kids to make them for their grandparents or their teachers or someone special in their life, even friends who they haven't seen in a long time. Our kids all did it, and they had a blast, and it kept them occupied for hours. And if you aren't someone who wants to sit down for hours and do it, Love Book's new Express Wizard means creating your book is easier than ever. So head to lovebookonline.com slash M-N-M and get 20% off your order today. That's lovebookonline.com slash M-N-M for 20% off your order. I wanted to transition into the fact that we do have three kids, Adam and I, and um, one of... I think both of our goals is has evolved into I want my kids to truly romantically sexually follow their own path. And I mm-hmm. think in many ways we've been good at that. I think first of all we are very open. They know we have this podcast. We are open-minded people. We're pretty progressive. But right it sounds to me from the podcast and stuff like you had a pretty um a pretty accepting upbringing where you were sort of um, you were sort of encouraged to be sexually um, free. If that is that true, no, no, that is not true. Okay, all right. So I'm wrong in that. I, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that to be true, but I will say that um, you know, just for context, I grew up in a very nuclear family. Um, but what it was, what it was, um, what my, 
what my stepmother wanted to be. It was a very nuclear family with my dad, my stepmother, and my four little sisters. But um, what it was discluding was the fact that my dad had um, four other children with four other women and um, and my mother had other children with other men and those kinds of other siblings weren't really allowed to be in the considered in the nuclear family for a long time. So I actually feel like there was quite a lot of emphasis on keeping me busy so that I didn't get sexually active and also like a bit of a, a denial of like different family systems that are out there. Cause my family, even though we're, we're actually not nuclear at all, when you zoom out and look at it with all these siblings everywhere, um, like, I, I don't know, I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, it was discouraged, I guess it was discouraged from being outside the normal. Cause I grew up in a real small town and okay. my stepmom was really concerned oh. with like how things looked to other people. So I would, I would say the opposite, like, she really had a hard time with our with our relationship structure evolving. Okay, because it's to to me it seems like you're so confident in everything that I was just sort of like bad assumption, but you know, she someone must have made her feel growing up confident enough to do that. But my my question is how do well, as people who are sort of living now your true how, how you feel like is your true path? What do you say to parents who are right now, you know, I, I listen to um, what I love Ronan Farrow. I don't know if you guys are, familiar, but anyway, he has a podcast and everything. And one of the things that he says is I one day when I have kids, he doesn't have kids, but when I have kids, um, I want them to feel like they can fuck everybody and mm-hmm. anybody. And I, without saying that specifically to my kids, I do want them to feel like, Yes, their parents are monogamous, and as much as we've had our struggles and everything, this, at the moment, we're still only 43, so who knows, works for us, and we love each other and everything, but that does not mean that that is their path, and and to raise kids who feel like that, and I think a lot of us do want to raise kids who feel like that, I want them to have healthy relationships, I don't want them to do anything they're uncomfortable with, I don't want them to live somebody else's life and feel like they need to be, you know, poly or into something because someone else tells them to, but what do you think in a household needs to happen to foster that kind of confidence and that kind of reassurance that it's okay to follow your path. I think my older sister does a really great job with that, with her kids. Um, she is my role model when it comes to parenting. And again, I don't, I don't have kids and I'm not planning on it, but, um, she has really, she's really determined to, I'll give you an example. Her, now 12 year old daughter, probably a couple of years ago, came into the kitchen and said, I don't want to be Flora anymore. I don't want that to be my name anymore. And my sister's response was like, okay, fun. What do you, what do you want to be called? And Flora wasn't sure. And Tara was like, well, do you want to go to the record store and like, look at some albums and see if you can find some inspiration. Like she just really facilitated her child's curiosity with acceptance and like a yes and kind of attitude. And 
her children are unique and brilliant. And I'm not saying they're not going to have problems because they, they do. Um, obviously kids need, they need boundaries and they need to understand like those things. But I guess I I don't know how to tell you to parent children. I don't know how, but I, I really admire the way that Tara just kind of approaches. I I think another thing that Tara does, which which is kind of important to to point out here as well is that not only does she not only does she approach parenting with this like yes and enthusiasm and and like it, keeping the doors wide open for exploring curiosity but she also does a really incredible job of of um of leading by example by showing her children how to deeply deeply love uh unconditionally and to love uh in a really healthy kind of way like she she's she's very emotionally intelligent and she is she's also very um i think you know i feel like tara is very brave in the way that she loves um even when you know even seeing um seeing her go through a separation with her husband there's like it that process which for a lot of children for a lot of couples is like a really tumultuous heated oftentimes scarring you know scenario especially for kids um to see the way that she has done it with her partner it was none of those things it was none of those things you know that it was it, it was it was yes these two people who got married and and were in love but are no longer there and are ending the relationship doing it with such incredible grace because because i mean for for so many different reasons but one of the big reasons is because they know that the children aren't stupid you know they're not they're they're not they're not blind to what's happening and they understand that we need to we need to show up and show these kids that like just because our marriage doesn't work doesn't mean that the love that we had for one another and continue to have for one another isn't so meaningful, you know, and, and, and can continue and evolve, even though it doesn't look like what it looked like for the first 12 years of their lives. Um, she's, she's just like, she's such a role model for, for how to love, which is something that none of us have been taught. None of us. No, right. No, so no. how did that, that's my, that's my question is how did that happen with you guys? If, uh, where did that come from if it wasn't, uh, you know, from your from your parents? And and honestly, I have to say, I think Adam and I are probably both way more accepting and everything um, and, and progressive and free than our parents were. But that might just come with, you know, it's a different generation now. Mm-hmm. But but what do you think that is? And what do you think fosters that? Acid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm joking, but not really. Like, I, I like like psychedelics have have played a, a huge role in in my ability to comprehend the capacity of love that we can have for for you know for anyone. Um, I yeah, think, I was going to ask you I, about that. Talk to me about that, please. Yeah, well, well, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you know, like, um, uh. I've, I've, I, ever since I was in university, ever since I met Bridie, I, I've, I've had a very uh, respectful relationship to 
to drug use in a recreational fashion, um, but f- less for less for partying and more for the for you know for growth and and for for change. Um, and there are, you know, if, if you're someone who's not familiar with it, there's there's a lot of a lot of studies coming out right now through various different uh, different institutions about the the long term benefits that are come that are being seen from uh, the use of things like psilocybin, so mushrooms, MDMA, um, uh, LSD. And in particular, being used to treat things like depression or to treat things like PTSD, and a big part of the 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 treatment there is this rewiring of the neuropathways in your brain. And so, you know, when whenever I decided to uh, experiment with with drugs, whether that be MDMA or LSD or or psilocybin. Um, there, there was always this sort of awakening that, that transpired and, and the days following um, that experience, this kind of like this sort of process of integration where, where I'm, I'm, I've shifted the ways that I see certain things. And in particular, a lot of times with the relationships that I, that I have, um, you know, talking about dealing with jealousy, like that was, if you're if you're ever if you're ever struggling with I'm not I'm not going to condone to drop drop MDMA but uh, but I, but I will uh, if you ever <laughs> if you're ever struggling with jealousy with a partner, you know sit in a bathtub and drop MDMA together and and have a conversation and you'll be pretty shocked with you know the outcome I think. Um, is in, that in why microdosing has become such a thing? Like that? Yeah, I, you I hear that I, so often now. Yeah, I think I think there's something to be said for it. I mean, I've I've done it for what sure. What is microdosing? And, I've never heard of that. I'm Micro- so not like uh, drug <laughs> yeah. attuned and, and not because I don't want to. Can I be honest with you? You talked about it treating anxiety. I mm-hmm. have I have diagnosed OCD and I'm a very anxious person and everything. That I think is what's holding me back from trying it is yeah, that I'm right. so worried it's going to heighten that and that it's going to make my OCD, you know, once my OCD gets out of control, I can't, I can't function. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, 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 which is weird because, I mean, I, I love alcohol and I love letting loose and everything like that. But <laughs> drugs has always, I guess, been been my, you know, my, my wall, my barrier that I yeah. just, I can't. Which is ironic a little bit because, you know, drinking alcohol is a downer. It totally. Kind of brings it doesn't it down. make, it, it, makes, it doesn't yeah. make, it's not logical. It doesn't no, make sense. No, like with me, when I, when I, if I go through a day of drinking, <laughs> the next day I go through like crippling anxiety for yeah. like three days after. You know, when you're when you're microdosing, from what I've heard, I've never done it myself. It's it's the opposite. It just kind of takes away the anxiety and relaxes you and makes you see things in a different way. Is mm-hmm. that true? I mean, in your experience, it, in my experience, yeah, yeah, totally. So, so I, I um, personally, I've I've um, I've practiced microdosing. Uh, so, Danielle, for for to to explain what it is. It, the idea of microdosing is that you you would um, uh, typically it's done with with mushrooms, magic mushrooms or LSD, and the idea is that you take uh, a very 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 small dose. So, um, you know, an example would be like one tenth of a dose of LSD, um, and the idea is that you are taking a dose that is almost in, 
it's it's non um uh what's the word i'm looking for non perceptible is that the uh is i i feel like imperceptible imperceptible thank you that's a lot that's a lot for my mouth there thanks Brad. (laughs) Uh, and in imperceptible, imperceptible. Say it one more time, Brad. Imperceptible. <laughs> yeah, amount of uh, LSD, so that you don't, you're not, you're not actually tripping, um, but you are, you are taking with you the 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 like the slight euphoric feeling, or the more sort of cl- the more clarity that you might feel. Or um, for me, for me, I, I wasn't using it for anxiety or anything like that i was i was microdosing for the for the creative element of it so i, I found that it, it like sparked this 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 um this creative side that i know exists within me but it kind of like cracked me open a little wider than usual and so uh it helped me with you know with writing or whatever it was i was working with at the time but um but yeah that's microdosing i i find macrodosing so taking a large, uh, larger amount, uh, in order to have like a pretty, a pretty psychedelic and like mind altering experience to be something that is, uh, in terms of like my own mental health and in terms of my own, I don't know, just trying to, trying to, um, kind of pull out and, and see life from a bit of a different vantage point uh-huh. to be really, really beneficial and and is that safe with ssris because that's what i worry about like i don't know if you're on ssris but i'm always like no i'm not okay yeah See, that's yeah. my problem i need to research that anybody if you're out there and you haven't done it and you are an ssri that's the thing is like i want to try all this stuff you know we yeah. always talk about um what is it called what where we say where they go to peru and they do Ala- ayahuasca. I- ayahuasca. yeah ayahuasca. i'm dying to do it Mm-hmm. But I feel like I need to reach out to my psychiatrist. And of course, they're going to be like, well, I can't recommend it. So right. then I'm going to get there and my OCD is going to be like, well, he couldn't recommend it. So must be bad. And yeah, it, it, when you yeah. have anxiety, it's like a hard thing to to get come to terms with. Yeah. yeah, And and that's something that I can't speak to. Like, you know, if someone's right. on SSRIs, whether or not they should or shouldn't. Uh, right. I mean, obviously consult your doctor, you know? but yeah. 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 Right. And, and, you know, I, 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 you know, the exciting thing about all of this is that we are, we are entering a time where, you know, like 10 years ago, the idea of going down to the local liquor store at least here in canada and i know a lot of places in the u.s the idea of going down to your to to the to the liquor store and, and buying a pre-rolled joint of, yeah. of marijuana like that that idea is like what right that's bananas like that day is never coming and but that is that's the reality we live in now and mm-hmm. and there's it there is a very there is a very good chance in the next you know 10 years that we're going to be seeing people who are living with um uh, you know, SSRI resistant depression being, being prescribed uh, high doses of, of psilocybin to, to treat their depression. You know, right. like that's, that is a, that is a very realistic possibility, mm-hmm. you know, war vets coming back from, from wherever and suffering from crippling PTSD and being, and being administered with a psychologist, uh, uh, you know, a large dose of MDMA to, to get through the, the challenges that they're facing. Like the, these are things that are happening right now and being studied. And, um, the, the results of these studies are kind of like overwhelmingly positive. And so, you know, we're, we're already seeing in the U S I think Oregon was, or maybe it was, it was just 
Portland or, or maybe the whole state of Oregon. I think they decriminalized all drugs across the yeah. board. That you makes know, sense. I, it, we're going to we're going to see we're going to start seeing these things become more 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 widely available and more um, more science backing it so that it so that for someone like yourself, Danielle, there is a resource that you have and someone can tell you, hey, this is right. what we would suggest you try. Right. And and we we are you know, almost certain that this will have some sort of beneficial, um, yeah, outcome for you. So, yeah, I mean, you know. right now, you know, we live in such a litigious society that yeah, I feel yeah. like a lot of what, you know, I, I even know, like when I've discussed other things with my psychiatrist who, who I really like, but you know, it's, it's all about, well, I don't want you to sue me. So, you yeah, know, right, it's, right, it's yeah. a lot of that. Right. So yeah. it's, it's hard to, but Obviously, once things are more legalized and everything, it'll be a different situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I, I found that to be. And I know you did like a, a a solo trip somewhere in the last few years where you took some time and just took some quaaludes, I think. And uh, no, not quaaludes. <laughs> oh. that that, that would have been fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, but yes, I did. I, I so yeah. It's usually when I solo trip, it's LSD. So I'll like, okay. I'll, I'll go to a cabin or 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 you know I'll post up in the condo and drop drop a tab of acid and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then in a way we go, you know, just go yeah. have, have a good time. Can uh, you let me know next time you're going? Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah, then it wouldn't be a solo yeah. trip. No, no, no. But I'll, I'll take the cabin next door. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, just, yeah, we'll check in on each other. Right. Like I'm interested. <laughs> All right. So for those who don't know, so you guys are, 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 um, recording from separate places right now. I don't know if we discussed that or not on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. So Adam and I actually sleep on separate bedrooms um, that has always been a very, I think we said that probably two and a half years ago when we started the podcast and it was, it's a very, <gasps> how, how yeah. could you, don't you love each other? How do you not? It's something that has always worked for us. Um, we need our space. We need our sleep. It started when our daughter was, uh, an infant and, you know, and, and again, Adam was going to work and I wasn't, and it just kind of evolved from there to sometimes I get up at two in the morning and I want to watch TV and he's a very late sleeper or, you know, we're still intimate. We still have all that stuff, but it was a very shock value thing until then we got flooded with, oh my God, thank you for saying that. Our husband, my husband and I also don't, you know, sleep in the same room and everything. Um, talk to me about the separate homes and how that happened and what that is like. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Well, uh, I think it was, uh, in the same conversation, you know, 12 years ago when we first started talking about including other people in our relationship that I said, well, what if we had different apartments? How would you feel about that? And Jeremy's response was, uh, people don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel about that. That's how I feel about (laughs) that. Yeah. And so, um, so I was like, okay, I guess we're going to live together. And, um, you know, just this is what people do. So what made you want, what made you say that to him? Like, what was the catalyst for that? 
I've always Isn't it Kurt liked Kurt Russell and uh, and uh, and Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Why they live in different houses? Uh, yeah, well, they yeah, at yeah. least they did. That Allegedly. was a thing about their relationship for yeah. a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next door to each other, Goldie. apparently. I didn't know like, that. Like uh, with a pedway between them. Did you know that? No, that I thought they slept on separate boats. <clears throat> oh, overboard. Yeah. yeah. Good reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I just I just had a, you know, Jeremy and I tried living together for like a few seconds um, previous to this, and I I was like, get out of my house. Um, and I think yeah. I you know that. when. <laughs> What's that? I no, I get that. I understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, our relationship literally almost ended. Like I moved, yeah, I moved us in too. and we were together. I, I don't know how long I lived there, but it was like very quickly. We were like, uh, we got to change this. Like mm. you, we can't live together right now. We need to, we need to like familiarize ourselves with each other a little bit more before we do this because it was, it was disastrous. And that's the thing that new couples rush into all the time because all it's time, financially yeah more sustainable to share rent with someone. And so you share rent with your partner and then you go, Oh, what's all this like living together about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, like I, I just really treasured having you, that feeling of like going to my partner's place and staying there Mm -hmm. or having the option to like stay in my own place and have him there to me and I there was something always kind of something romantic about that retains a little bit of mystery you know I wasn't really interested in lifting the veil on like like being watched while I get ready for a date for for us or you know me taking a shit while you're in the shower well I wanted to say that but I don't really you know I don't like talking about poop so um uh so how okay so who's how so what happens if one of you, do you ever call each other and you're like, hey, I'm kind of in the mood. Can you come over? Ah, here we go. The, the, <laughs> uh, the, the, the plot thickens. Uh, so, and how so far, we, how, wait, how far are your houses from each other? I can Please walk tell me next to, door. That would be perfect. Yeah, probably like a 20 minute like walk. A, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's good walk. enough. Yeah. yeah. But, um, okay. And okay. no, you go ahead. You, said, <laughs> you, you, you respond. Well, I was going to say that, so, so this, this might be kind of similar to your, you explaining that you, you know, you guys sleep in separate beds and, and they're, they're being kind of like gasps and awes mm-hmm. of like, how does that work? Um, uh, Bridie and I don't, we don't, we don't call each other up and, and say, I'm in the mood. Uh, we haven't been, we haven't been physically intimate in, well, it's been like a couple of years now, like maybe two years. Um, that's, that's no, uh, right now that's no longer a part of our, our relationship. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So is that, is that hard or is that just something that you guys are sort of just like with everything else? Like this is where we're at right now. And is this something that you're hoping will come back to? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's not a challenge. It's not like, it's not something that we are, that we struggle with. It's, uh, it's, it's what our relationship evolved to. So Uh we, you know, um, I'm very, I am very much, uh, sexually intimate with, with my partner, Leah. Um, and Brady, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but I, I, I know that you and Todd are, uh, very, very intimate as well. I get banged. I get banged yeah. from time yeah. to time. Yeah. We, we have, we have very active sex lives, but just not with each other. 
And that was, you know, that was one of those consistent arguments. We were always fighting about sex um, in our relationship. I think that's fair to say, Jeremy, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, we had different needs, different interests. The way we sort of evolved sexually was kind of apart um, in terms of what what we were into. And I think that... um, a lot of what, how the way that our relationship has evolved has been removing the parts of, of the relationship that caused a lot of strife. Um, our financial interconnectedness also caused a lot of strife. Yeah. So we've been weeding ourselves apart in that way as well. And just to answer a question that I, I would imagine is either on your minds or your listeners' minds, like, doesn't that feel like you're getting further and further away from being a married couple? And I feel really strongly that in this like pioneering situation, the future is still like, it makes me nervous. Of course. Like I, I worry about like the legitimacy sometimes of like our relationship. But then I think, you know, we didn't know what marriage was when we got into it. And so we've had to come to a definition for us of what our partnership is and our bond. And I think it, it has a lot to do with Jeremy's illness um, because that's like my, my commitment is, is like so based on being there through the whole thing and being a partner for, you know, all the difficult stuff um, that, in removing the parts of our relationship that were causing a lot of strife, I actually feel like now I actually can be there. Now I, I can actually be there and there's no resentment <laughs> and I'm, I'm here and I can actually love this person more freely because all of my, all of these needs that weren't getting met in our, our partnership, I can now get met in other ways and with other people, with my partner my other long-term partner and same with Jeremy. Like we, we recognize that as people, we have a whole community of needs and the problem with the assumed structure of monogamy is that it often assumes that you're expecting someone else to meet all your needs. And it just doesn't, it just didn't, didn't work for us that way. And we didn't want to devolve and like go our separate ways because we still love each other. So why, why change it? Our families are connected. Like we're family and building our family all the time. Um, I, I just feel when I feel worried that, that like we might get too far apart. I just think about those things and I, and I go, no, this is a life. This is a life partnership because I'm, I'm going to be there to the end. And I know if I go first, that Jeremy's going to be there to the end. And that's what I really need from, this relationship that's what i really need from this partnership so do you still see each other physically like do you guys meet up and have coffee or dinner or i mean okay cool yeah i love to cook so i love having jeremy and leah over for dinner with todd and i um that's like one of my favorite things uh you know Jeremy has a fairly sedentary lifestyle. So I like to invite him on dog walks and hikes. Um, and occasionally he comes, but I think we Sometimes. like last night, you know, we hung out all together as a family. My partner, Todd was there. His partner, Leah was there at Jeremy's mother's 60th birthday. And it was 
great. And everybody's got their heads wrapped around it pretty much in your family and in mine, Mm -hmm. sort of less so mine, but. That's great. Jeremy, how is your health now? Is it pretty good? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, all things considered, uh, I'm 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 33, so I'm, I'm past that, that 30 year, 30 year mark. That's fantastic. Um, but, uh, you know, with, with the advancements of, 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 uh, treatments that have become available for cystic fibrosis, you know, it, the life expectancy just continues to grow and, and awesome. You know, I, who knows, who knows how long I have left, but uh, right now I feel great. So I've, I've got at least a year. I've got at least a year and, and, and probably, probably, probably more like 10, but. All right. So knows? if Adam and Never I are going to come to Nova Scotia and visit and, and, and get a tour. Oh, we'll give you the, we'll give All right, you the, good, the grand good, tour. Cause I'm oh, dying yeah, to get, yeah. and let me tell you when COVID's over, man, <laughs> I'm not going to be home for like a year. Can we go to that <laughs> yeah. club? Yeah. Yeah. Can we go to that? No. <laughs> No, well, who knows what it's like in Canada when you're you yeah know. in Canada. It's everything's great, <laughs> right? It's who cares? True. Everything is everything ten is times great. better. That's although, it. although yeah. we're catching up now, we're getting back to speed. Ba- yeah, that's right. Hey, we're, hey, we're back hey, in the look, groove. By the looks of Doctor Fauci's face, it looks like the stress is being you, reduced big time. Is that the best? Yeah, he it, looks yeah, like it, he's twelve again. Look at him <laughs> smiling and everything. Oh, oh like I bashful. love it. I love that's it. Yeah. He's the best. You guys are so awesome. Um, I love that you're just following whatever path you're taking. You both look great and you both, you know, <laughs> sound great. And um, and I really enjoyed listening to your podcast. I'm going to continue to do so. Can you tell everybody where to find you um, and, you know, what you have going on? Yeah. Uh, turn me on podcast. You can listen to us wherever you find fine podcasts, pod, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, and uh, if you if you ever feel like reaching out, you can find us on social media at turn me on podcast on Instagram, which I don't know, may or may not exist uh, in the coming future. There's a lot of, we have a lot of like really sexy butt pictures on there that we have people submitting to us. I noticed that. Really? But, uh, yes, a lot of butts. Yeah, yeah. Get me on there. A lot of anonymous yeah, butts. Not a lot sentences. of hairy butts on there. Just a lot. Of- no, I meant get there's, me on there there's to a couple you, butts. not to there's be a, on there. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a couple hairy butts. But uh, uh, Instagram, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's not a big fan of, of uh Bare bumps, we'll say. Yeah. So, oh my uh, god, so, that has been awful, right? Yeah, the whole yes. that has been like you can post about guns, but you can't post about sexual. It's just a, sexuality. It's yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. Um, but uh, who knows? You know, maybe maybe we'll last. Maybe we won't. We're we're always teetering on the edge of of getting pulled off Instagram. Yeah, but, it's very. But hard. if you if you do listen to the podcast and you do like what you hear and you ever want to reach out to us, you can always reach us. Uh, turn me on podcast at gmail Great. Um, well, I hope you guys will come back on and give us an update in a little while. You're so fun to talk to and our life is super boring. So it's really fun to listen to. (laughs) We love, we love talking to other podcasters and it's really true. It's really a big treat to talk to Uh, another couple. Well, we are available to talk about our spicy sex life on the turn me on podcast. Anytime you need a a spicy old couple who sleep in separate bedrooms. 100%. We will be your least downloaded podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, our audience loves us. As the old couple who is like, oh, I got it. I highly got it. Missionary tonight. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be the vanilla episode. <laughs> right. All right, guys. Thank you so, so much for doing this. And um, you guys are great. And we wish you both so much good luck. And, and thank you. 
Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, guys. Out there. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com